Dragonfly Tales, a story podcast with me, Emily, and Leo. Ho, 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 hello! (laughs) And each episode, we will tell you a story from around the world and share some fun and silly things with you. So, everybody, it's Christmas Eve! It's Christmas Eve at last! And we hope you're all feeling very Christmassy. We hope you've been good and kind to your family. And we hope you're going to bed on time tonight. Don't forget to brush your teeth and put your stocking up, if that's what you do. Oh, so how are you feeling, Leo? It's Christmas Eve. Oh, I'm feeling amazing. Really excited. What have you left out for Santa? Well, of course, I've left out the classic mince pie Mm, with some milk Mm. and, of course, a carrot for Rudolph. Oh, you must not forget to leave out a carrot for Rudolph and, fingers crossed, he will come tonight. Yeah. And on this very special night of the year, we have three Christmas stories for you. Two from us and one from our special guest storyteller. Oh, I love Christmas! Three stories! But before we get into the stories, we have loads of shout-outs to end this year. We really do. We started this podcast in March, didn't we, Emily? We did, and we can't quite believe that it's December. So we've lots of people to shout out to who have supported us and tuned in regularly to every episode. So who have we got first, Leo? Well, firstly, I would like to give a massive shout-out to my close friends, Tom, Poppy, Mila, Natasha, Etta, Ella and Helena. Hi, Hi folks. folks! Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas! Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening! Next, I would like to give a special shout-out to Zahia in Year 5. Hi, Zahia! Hi, Zahia! Thanks Merry for listening! Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas! Also, we have a shout-out for two super fans. Marcus and Zoe. Hi, Marcus. Hi, folks. Hi, Zoe. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Thanks for listening. Also, it's Zoe's birthday, Leo, so happy Happy birthday, Zoe. Next, we have a shout-out for Ava, who's one of our regular listeners. Just down the road. Hi, Ava. Hi, Ava. Hi, Martha. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, guys. And here's a shout-out to Esme and Ada. Happy Christmas! Hi, folks! Thanks for listening! Thanks for listening! And finally, we have a shout-out to Effie, who is four and is in Devon. Hi, Hi Effie! Thanks, Thanks for, listening. for listening! Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas! We'd also like to give a shout-out to the wonderful guest-tellers that we've had for this series. Liz Weir, Jörg Steinkamper and Hannah Brailsford. We've got more tellers coming next year. And a quick shout-out to Sarah Lloyd-Winder and Dawn Nelson, who are two lovely storytellers and regular listeners, and we'll be meeting them next year. Oh, and we promised a shout-out to Dawn's three chickens. Oh, yeah, we did, didn't we? Okay. <laughs> Chickalette Scrat. Chickalette Scrat. Hey, hey. Hey, hey. And Little Red. And Little Red. Bok, bok, chickens. Bok, bok. Thanks for Thanks listening. For listening. I can't believe we just did a shout-out for some chickens, Leo. Yeah, that's so funny. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Well, that was great. Thanks for that, Leo. And remember, if you guys would like a shout-out, you can either let us know in the Dragonfly Tales Facebook group or you can email us, talesfromthedragonfly at gmail.com and I'll put all those details in the episode notes. So, Emily, what's our first story today? Well, Leo, our first story is told by our guest teller. Her name is Hannah and she's from Essex. Cool! Hannah is a magical storyteller and I've had the pleasure of telling with her a few times now. 
She tells to children as tiny tale storytellers and to adults as spinning yarns theatre. And today, Hannah is going to share with us a really special Christmas story. Would you like to hear it? Absolutely! So here is Hannah Brailsford with The Spider's Christmas. I'd like to share with you a Ukrainian folk tale for this time of year. It's a favourite of mine. And it starts a long, long time ago. It was Christmas Eve and it was very busy in a little house for the children were helping their mother make the house spick and span for the arrival of St Nicholas. They swept and they dusted every single corner of the house. They swept until every single cobweb had gone and every speck of dust had been collected. They were so excited. But up, way up in the corner of their house, up near the ceiling, where they had dusted away the last of the cobwebs, there was another family who were not excited. There, there were many children, ten tiny spiders, and they weren't laughing with joy, but crying for the loss of their home. But their mother gathered them together. Now do not cry, my children. I know it is sad that they have swept away our web, but we can rebuild it tomorrow. But tonight, tonight will be a magical night, a night like you have never seen. Come, watch the magic is about to happen. And so the baby spiders dried their tears and gathered round their mother, excited to find out what the magic would be. And at that very same moment, the children below, with their mother, shouted with glee as their father arrived home with the Christmas tree. And then all mayhem broke loose as the Christmas boxes were opened and the the special baubles were hung on the tree. Tiny silver bells and silver drums. Oh, and glass balls that shone in the light. The baby spiders up on the ceiling were delighted. Their mother had been right. It was as if the forest had been brought into their home. The children below, with their mother and father, they began to sing carols together and drink hot chocolate. And then they hung up their stockings around the fireplace. And as the evening drew on, their mother and father herded them upstairs, herded them into their beds, where they could dream of sugar plums, and the arrival of St Nicholas. The mother's spider, she too, said to her little ones, It is time for us to sleep. We have some rebuilding of our home to do in the morning. Settle down now. And as the mother spider fell asleep, her ten tiny baby spiders could not sleep, for they were so excited by the tree below, and they they just wanted to explore it. And so the eldest said, Let us spin down a 
and see for ourselves this wonderful tree. And so they did. Down they spun their fine threads onto that tree, and there they played, spinning round and round, up and down between the branches, dinging the bells, drumming their tiny eight feet on those silver drums, pulling faces in those glass balls. What fun they had that Christmas night. But then suddenly, there was a sound, and the, the little spiders were afraid, and they crept towards the, the trunk of the tree and hid as a, a, an amazing light filmed the room. And a... <laughs> oh, what do we have here? A large, rosy-cheeked face appeared with a snowy white beard, I see somebody has been very busy. What a beautiful, clean house. I think that deserves a reward of some presents. And here, here, hanging by the mantelpiece, six stockings that need to be filled. St. Nicholas turned after he'd filled those stockings and he saw... That tree, covered in those fine gossamer threads from those tiny spiders. Well, look at this. What a delightful tree. I see somebody else has been very busy. And he bent that rosy-cheeked face down. And he winked at those tiny spiders who were, who were huddled by the trunk. I think. This deserves a little bit of magic, too, as a thank you. And with that, he took off his glove and he blew. He blew the Christmas spirit onto that tree and their fine gossamer threads were transformed into silver, sparkling threads adorning that tree. And then, placing his glove on again, Tapping the side of his nose, St. Nicholas was gone. And the tiny spiders, they were exhausted from all of the fun that they had had and the magic that they had seen, and so they made their way out of the tree, back up to the corner in the ceiling, and snuggled down by their mother. And so it was that Christmas Day dawned, and the children rushed down early from their beds and were delighted, delighted by their presents in their stockings, but more delighted still at their tree. What had happened overnight? Who had put these beautiful silver sparkling threads on their tree? And their mother and their father were delighted too, and they knew. They knew that St. Nicholas had woven his magic and they also knew that he'd had a little help from the spiders. And so from that Christmas on, that family and all of the neighbouring families who learnt the story decorated their tree with fine sparkling silver threads and they also placed a little silver spider in the heart of their tree to remember that very first Christmas when those baby spiders, with the help of St Nicholas, had brought tinsel to their town.
So did you like Hannah's story, Leo? Yeah, I thought it was beautiful. What was your favourite bit? I like how nature gave us an idea for a Christmas tradition. That's right, spider's web on a Christmas tree as yeah. tinsel. It's, that's so cool, isn't it? Lovely. And if you'd like to hear more of Hannah's stories, you can visit her YouTube channel and her website for more information. And I'll put all the links in the episode notes. And remember, if you would like to be a guest teller on the podcast, simply get in touch in our Facebook group or you can email us. Now, you're going to tell us a story, aren't you, Leo? Oh, yes. Oh, I'm so excited. What's your story about? Well, it's Christmas Eve, Mm -hmm. so I thought I might tell us a classic fairy tale. Oh, lovely. With a twist. Oh, boy. So my story is called Cinderella. Oh. Assassination Santa. Oh, my gosh. Okay, I cannot wait. Off you go. Once upon a time, a beautiful girl called Cinderella was lying on her bed. She was looking at a diamond that her mother gave her. She was feeling distraught as her mother had recently died of a terrible murderous sickness. Oh, no. Cinderella's mother gave her this diamond just minutes before she closed her eyes and died. Now she knew that her own father would marry again. She heard him talking to his best friend, Jack. It happened almost straight away. The wedding day passed swiftly, and before she knew it, she had a horrible, spiteful stepmother. The stepmother had two daughters, who were violent and hit her and beat her until they felt weary when they would shout, Make our beds! or Clean our faces! Oh, they sound horrible. Yeah, they are. One evening near Christmas time, the word spread that a handsome prince was seeking a bride and was organising a winter ball for all the wealthy families of the land, especially the ones with pretty daughters. The prince loved Christmas and Santa, so asked everyone to dress in Christmas colours. What are Christmas colours, Leo? Well, the kind of colours like red and green and white. Oh, lovely. Now, the sisters desperately wanted to go to the winter ball, and so did Cinderella. Of course, the stepmother said yes to her own daughters, but to Cinderella, she said, Of course not! You're nothing more than a dirty, smelly peasant girl who deserves nothing more than to sleep in the ashes of the fireplace. Not very nice at all. While the wicked sisters skipped out of the house happily in their sparkling dresses, Cinderella had to stay home and work. Poor Cinders. Luckily, the stepmother had gone too. As she put the tree up, Cinderella sighed. If only she could go to the ball. Mm. Then she remembered something. (gasps) The fairy godmother? Of course not. Under the tree was the fake Santa Claus costume that she wore to frighten her sisters. What? What if Santa paid a visit to the winter ball? She quickly disguised herself as Santa and merrily skipped to the palace. Uh, I don't remember this bit in the story. Yeah. When the prince saw Santa, he yelled, Assassins, it's Santa Claus! Kill him! (laughs) What? thought Cinderella. This prince didn't want to lure pretty ladies. He wanted to lure Santa so he could kill him. Oh my gosh, what's going on? Thirty ninja snowman assassins leapt at Cinderella, who dashed towards the Christmas tree and began to climb. Quickly, she grabbed a shiny red bauble and hurled it at an assassin, who fell to the ground and melted into a puddle. Go, Cinders! 
Again and again she hurled her Christmas grenades until every assassin was a puddle of icy water. Take that! Finally, Cinderella reached up, grabbed a shimmering golden star from the top of the tree and launched it at the prince, who was fuming with fury. It hit him smack in the stomach and knocked him wailing to the floor like a baby. <laughs> Can you make some wailing noises? <laughs> the reindeer police arrived and took the prince away. The crowd cheered as Cinderella was awarded the star as a medal of honour for saving Christmas. Hooray! And they all lived happily ever after. For now. The, the end. end. So, Emily... Did you like that story? I thought it was fantastic. What was your favourite bit? Um, I think my favourite bit, well, I really liked the fact that the ending completely changed. It was nothing like the ending of Cinderella yeah. that I know. Um, I also really liked the fact that she climbed up this Christmas tree and started using all the baubles as weapons. Um, the, the the ninja assassins, the snowmen, that was just brilliant. Yeah. Did you make that up yourself? Yeah, I did. Oh, absolutely wonderful stuff. Thank you for sharing that, Leo, and I'm sure everyone listening enjoyed that too. Brilliant you're welcome. Stuff. Now you're going to tell us a story, aren't you, Emily? I certainly am. What's your story about? Well, my story is quite an old English folktale from Somerset. You see, at this time of year, when the nights are very long and dark and the days are very short, people used to sing songs, tell stories and have dances to encourage the sun and the light to return. They would hope winter would end soon and the spring would come back. People kind of still do that now, don't they? They do with their Christmas celebrations. But a big difference is that people believe that animals could talk at this time of year on Christmas Eve. Seriously? I know. And the Lord of Christmas, who became known as Father Christmas, would remind everyone to be kind and joyful. People burned yule logs to remind themselves that the darkness would pass and the days would soon again be merry and bright. And they would eat and drink and be merry. Oh, absolutely. And we still like to do that at Christmas time. Yeah. People also brought in magical plants and trees into their houses, like holly and ivy and mistletoe. They're all evergreen. They are, and I think some households still do that, don't they? Yeah, it's like they're showing that the life continues even in the darkness. Absolutely right. And of course there's something you missed out. The Christmas tree. The Christmas tree. And this story is about a magical tree, but it's not a fir tree. It's an apple tree and the magical spirit that lives there. Apple tree man. He is ancient and lives in the oldest apple tree in the orchard. So how do you think we should start our story, Leo? I think we should start once upon a Christmas time. Excellent. Once upon a Christmas time. When the fields were thick with white snow and icicles hung from the trees, yule logs burned bright in every hearth, an old farmer died. That's not very merry. It's not, is it? He left all his land to his younger son Joshua and nothing at all to the elder son William. Not a penny. 
That's not very merry or fair. It was strange. The, the eldest son, William, was hard-working and really good-natured. But the younger son, Joshua... Don't tell me. Spoiled, lazy and greedy. You got it. And Joshua never liked his elder brother. And after he'd given some money to his own family, all Joshua gave to Will was a smelly donkey, all skin and bone. A stubborn old ox who couldn't get up on account of his rickety knees. And a tumble-down cottage with an ailing orchard of just a few sickly old apple trees. And he charged his brother William rent to live there. His own brother? Indeed. But William was hard-working, and when the winter passed, each day he cut the grass from the lane and fed it to the old donkey, who soon started to fatten up nicely. William would pick healing herbs and rub them on the ox's rickety knees each day until the ox stood up and swished its tail. Then he turned the two beasts out into the orchard where they nibbled and munched, munched and nibbled, and the trees, the sickly old apple trees, began to flourish once more, providing Will with juicy apples aplenty. And William was always careful to pay his respects to the oldest tree in his orchard, the apple tree man. At harvest time, he made sure that he left three apples on that tree. Who are the three apples for? One apple for the birds, one apple for the fairy folk, and of course, one apple for the apple tree man. And when the next Christmas came round, his animals and his cottage and his trees were in a much better state. Oh, that's good. He made the place live again. Yes, he brought the old land back to life, but that didn't leave Will much time to find the rent to pay his younger brother. And Joshua wanted his rent on the dot. And one Christmas Eve, Joshua turned up and demanded the money from his brother. Here now, William. You owe me the rent you do. I've heard tell, though, that there's treasure buried somewhere on this land. And seeing as I give it to you in the first place, I think it's only right that the treasure be mine. So I'll return here at midnight. For as we all know, the beasts can talk on Christmas Eve. And I reckon if I listen closely at their stable door, they'll speak and guide me to the treasure, which I'll keep. But I'll knock sixpence off your rent for your trouble. And off he went. So you're telling me the brother is coming back? to find the treasure on Will's land and he's going to take it. He's so greedy. Yeah, I think so. Well, William just went back to feeding his old donkey and his old ox and when the sun went down, he went indoors, lit his fire for burning the Yule log. He made ready his apple cider for blessing and wassailing. What's wassailing? Well, it's a celebration where you... You sing songs and you give thanks and you drink lots of cider and you dance around and basically make merry. Oh, that sounds brilliant. It does, doesn't it? Now, outside in the orchard, the icy wind blew in the dimpsy light around the old sleeping apple trees. And who should come softly through the white snow into the orchard but the little ginger cat from Tibbs's farm up the road? Mrs Tibbs, they called her. That's really cute. She slipped quietly through the orchard, snowdrops hanging from her whiskers. 
She leapt up into old apple tree man and began cleaning her snowy face with her paws. The old tree began to shudder and twist and a creaking throaty voice came from somewhere deep within. You go on, oh Mrs Tebbs. There be revelling this night. There be washing of roots and wassailing all right and firing guns to wake up the trees and scare away witches and ghosts, if you please. So it's no place for pussycats. Best take your leave. And don't you come back until St Tibbs's Eve. Was that Apple Tree Man? Yeah. Well, Mrs Tibbs knew better than to argue with the Apple Tree Man and she leapt out of the tree, dashed through the fields to her farm and was soon curled up in front of the Yule Log fire. And because she was a pussycat, she didn't know when St Tibbs's Eve was, so she never went again wandering in the orchard late at night. When is St Tibbs's Eve? I have no idea. Fair enough. When William had fed the donkey and the ox, he put Holly and Ivy up around the house. And with his last mug of hot cider, he went out into the snowy orchard. He poured the hot cider on the roots of the oldest, largest tree in the orchard and sang a wassailing song. Our wassail, jolly wassail, joy come to our jolly wassail. How well they may bloom, how well they may bear. So we can have apples and cider next year. As soon as Will had stopped singing, again that old tree began to shudder and twist and a creaking throaty voice came from somewhere deep within. Oh, that's woke us and warmed us through and through. We got a little surprise for you. Take a look under them girt roots and see. There's summit down there. That's a gift for thee. Well, William couldn't believe his ears. Apple Tree Man had spoken to him. The great tree bent its branches down and touched a gnarled old root. Will knelt down and had a look under the old root and there he saw a chest. He pulled and heaved it out and inside the chest was... Underwear? No. Rubber chicken? No. I know. Gold. Gold. It was filled with gold coins. Apple Tree Man spoke. This gold, tis yours. You keep it well. Your brother wants it, truth to tell. It's gone midnight and what's more... He's listening at the stable door. Leo, why is Joshua listening at the stable door? Because he thinks the animals can talk. Oh, and they'll lead him to the treasure. Yeah. Exactly right. He was crouched down listening at the stable door to hear the animals speak and guide him to the treasure. And sure enough, the donkey seemed to be talking to the ox. Eeyaw! That greedy fool outside the door thinks I'll tell him where the treasure is. Not a chance. Brave the donkey. 
Yeah, yeah, that's right, said the ox. And you know why? Yeah. Because <laughs> someone's already gone and took it. And the two animals laughed and laughed. Joshua outside, while his face turned pink with embarrassment and then purple with rage. He stormed off into the night and was never seen again. And out in the old orchard, Apple Tree Man creaked and quivered with ancient laughter. From that day on, everything changed for William. The orchard grew and grew. William became a wealthy man. And everyone said his apples were the sweetest in all of Somerset. But he always remembered to honour the apple tree man on Christmas Eve or wake and bless the trees with a good old wassail. And so should you. The The End So did you like that story, Leo? Yeah, I thought it was amazing. What was your favourite bit? My favourite bit is when the animals were actually able to talk. I know. And people really believed that that happened on Christmas Eve. Yeah. Well, it is a very magical night, isn't it? Of course it is. We know that some animals can fly on Christmas Eve. Which animals are those? Reindeers. Oh, yes. Some of them also have glowing noses. That's right. So that's it for our Christmas Eve special. And for 2020, our next stories will be in the new year, 2021. Woohoo! Thanks to the lovely Hannah Brailsford for joining us and we'll have another guest teller coming in the new year. And if you are enjoying our podcast and fancy giving us a little Christmas gift, then please, please leave us a review, preferably on Apple. And if you can, make a little donation on the website to keep us going. And thank Thank you you so so much. You have been listening to Dragonfly Tales with Emily and Leah. We hope you enjoyed our podcast and we'll be back with another story soon. But until then, sleep tight this Christmas Eve night. May your dreams come true in the morning light. Merry Christmas! Dragonfly Tales podcast is brought to you by Tales from the Dragonfly. Come and follow our Facebook page, Tales from the Dragonfly. Find us on Instagram at mdragontales and on Twitter at Tales from the DR1. Dragonfly Tales.